Wow, what a great day. How many of y'all have just so enjoyed just simply the weather this weekend? I mean, goodness sakes, yesterday was spectacular. Quite frankly, it might have been, it might be the prettiest day that we've had in, in two years. It was just gorgeous yesterday. Hallelujah. It was a great day for a wedding, huh? Hallelujah. Congratulations to you guys on Dakota's uh, wedding. It's such a great thing when uh, God does something neat like that. Hallelujah. And uh, we just want to personally thank you for the wonderful meal, too. It was delicious. So God bless you guys. Hey, listen, today's songs, man, were just a huge encouragement. I mean, you know, they were just a giant pick-me-up. And, you know, that's what, uh, that's what part of worship is. It's a, it's a giant pick-me-up. Uh, you know, when we start singing stuff like, uh, 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 you're not done yet. What an encouragement that is. Hallelujah. Uh, Mary, I'll bet you're glad to know God's not done yet. You got a yeoman's job on your hand, single parenting right now praying for your husband and his safety, and we want to encourage you. We're standing with you, we're praying with you, because the Bible says that we are to encourage one another. Amen? God's not done yet. Just when you think you can't go on for another second, God's strength is going to pick you up. God bless you for what you are doing so that your husband can serve this great nation. We truly and uh, so much appreciate that. Let's just welcome and then say thank you for, for all of that. That's what encouragement does. It picks us up so that we can go on to the next moment. I'm glad to see Bonnie and Laura here today. And I got a, a text yesterday that all your prayers must have been heard. The surgery went great and the blood clots are removed. And Bonnie, we're here to say we are standing with you. We're praying for you. We are believing for a great miracle in Pat's life. You know, that's what a body does. It sticks together, strengthens and encourages each other. So yesterday at the wedding, what? I did say, I said, yeah, yeah, he, his surgery, he came out of the surgery, it was successful, and uh, now we're just waiting for the, the full healing to come to pass, thank you. And uh, 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 yesterday at the wedding, Phil came to the wedding, and uh, it was so good to see him, and, and as good as it was for us to see him was as good as it was for him to see us. And so, you know what, we are a body of believers. And God's not done yet with Phil either. He's got so much uh, to do in Phil's life. And when you talk about encouragement, that's if you took a picture of Phil, and uh, that's who he is. He is an encourager. You know, God says uh, that uh, we sang, he says, you're up to something right now. You're doing a new thing right now. Isn't it interesting that even in the midst of all the chaos, that you can feel God doing something even in the midst of chaos. And I want to encourage you today to not let the chaos consume you. And it's easy to find chaos. But sometimes it's not as easy to pick out what God's doing in the midst of that chaos. And so isn't that right, Dwayne? Dwayne's first time back for I don't know how many months. Hallelujah. Yes, in the midst of the chaos. 
God is there for you, Dwayne. Hallelujah. What an encouragement to see you here today. God bless you. And he's up to something new. You know, right now, when you're walking in the midst of this kind of chaos, it sometimes can look like there's a fog that's uh, uh, in the midst of what you are. But listen, I know this because I have seen a lot of fog lately out where we live. But I know when the sun comes up now, it begins to burn off the fog and you can begin to see clearly again. Amen. So see, when we embrace Jesus, he is that sun that burns off the fog and enables us to see things more clearly. You know, the enemy would love for us to stay in that fog, but that's not the way God operates. As a matter of fact, uh, we, we sang, don't hold back. And I can guarantee you God's not holding back, but sometimes he's waiting for us to press in. Sometimes he's waiting for us to not hold back. And so many times there's so many circumstances that encompass our life that we can be so caught up in the, the, the circumstance of the moment that we forget to see clearly what God is doing in our life. We, I just want to encourage you today to allow God to bring something new out of you. To allow God to dig deep into the recesses of who he made you to be and allow him to bring out a new character quality, a new characteristic, something that he's called you to do and maybe fear has kept you from doing. I, I want to encourage you today to press into that which God has in store for your life and allow him to do something new in your life. Listen. The fact is, is this, the Bible tells us that we need to encourage one another. And you, you need to hang around with people who are encouragers. You know, encouragers pick us up and, and dust us off and allow us to, to, to be strengthened again. You know, encouragers don't look at, at what we've done, they look at where we're going. We need people to encourage us to move forward in these times. Would you agree with me? Amen. It's not easy to do what we do, but I want to tell you today, it is worth everything and all of our effort that we put in to do what we're doing because in the end... The reward is tremendous, and you need to stay focused on that. You need to keep believing in that. You know, encouragement uh, uh, is another, Betty, it's another declaration into the heavenlies. That when the body encourages each other, when we stand strong with each other, what we say to the enemy is, is that I know you're trying to pick us off one by one, but we are not going to allow you to do that because we are going to stand with and beside every believer, encouraging them to, to move forward, encouraging them to not look back, encouraging them to hold fast because the good things of God are just right around the corner see discouragement and depression and those types of things is where the enemy likes to uh, camp out in our lives but we cannot allow him to camp out at any place in our life and encouragement is what brings us to that place that doesn't allow him a pathway into our hearts turn with me if you would to Romans chapter 15 
And we're going to look at just some scriptures here uh, today and some thoughts on, on encouragement and how it looks. In, in uh, Romans chapter 15, Paul is calling us to bear with each other's burdens, to, to draw close to each other. It says in verse 1, it says, We then, who are strong, ought to bear with the weakness, the scruples mayor means the weakness of the weak, and to not please ourselves. See, to become an encourager, you've got to think beyond you. Amen? Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I told you, I told you this last week. You've got to look beyond you to be an ultimate encourager. You know, sometimes, when, uh, sometimes in our life we feel like if we let go of trying to, to feed ourselves, to make our pathway, to do those things that make us happy, that, that uh, God's going to lose sight of us and, and it'll never happen for us. But the opposite is true. When you lose sight of you, God comes in and takes care of everything that you need. Amen? And sometimes we just got to let go of who we are. We got to just purpose to encourage other people around us and to see that uh, there's something that God has placed in us that we can give to others. We need to bear with the weaknesses of the weak. It says in verse 2, let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not spare or did not please himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, we might have what? Hope. And that's what encouragement brings. Encouragement brings hope. And without hope, man, people get, uh, uh, they, they just, they're not able to uh, look forward and embrace the great things that God has, but they have a tendency to put it in neutral. And it's our job as we bear the burdens of other people that our hope in what, who they are might be the only thing that moves them an inch further in that moment or in that day. You have no idea how the impact of an encourager brings life to those who are in a difficult situation. Amen? And that's what we are. We are to look outside of ourselves and to recognize that, that people are desperate in these days. But just one touch from the king can change everything in somebody's life. And that's who you are. You're a kingdom encourager. That you get to tell people about the one who is able to exceed, do exceedingly more than they can ever imagine. You are the one who has been touched by the blood of Jesus and has had your life transformed. Now that transforming power that lives in us is now to be used to bring hope to other people. Mm, we are called to bear the burdens of other people. Now, may the God of patience mm, and comfort grant to you, uh, grant you to be like-minded towards one another. Superpower in that, according to Christ Jesus. 
that we would comfort and and have patience for each other, that we could be like-minded, that those who are, are down could be up and like us. Hallelujah. That you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then looking at verse 14, go down. It says, now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to admonish one another. See, the Apostle Paul is saying these words to uplift the church in Rome, to encourage them to be uh, that which encourages other people. And the Apostle Paul has a great record of being someone who is an encourager, even in the midst of trying circumstances. Turn with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. We're going to look at uh, a a situation that the uh, uh, Apostle Paul was in, and it's, it's interesting. Now, in verse 8 of of chapter 14, I'm not going to read all of the the text here, but what happened was, as it says, in in Lystra, a certain man uh, without strength in his feet was sitting crippled from his mother's womb who had never walked. And this man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. Now, there was something that Paul was preaching that was encouraging this guy, right? I mean, there was something that Paul was saying to a a man that had no strength in his feet, crippled from his mother's womb. That's a a long time. In in his mother's womb, he he was crippled. And there was some hope that Paul must have been preaching that Paul could look in his eyes and see a faith that was building in him. See, as we speak God's word to people, even the cripple get encouraged. Even those who have no hope can find hope in the midst of Christ's words. And so, and he said with a loud voice in verse 10, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and he walked. Now, that's an amazing thing. Amen. I don't know about you, when I read that kind of stuff, I get excited. But even more exciting, uh, uh, even more excited than I am is the crippled man. Would you agree with me? Because Paul's words of hope, coupled with an activation of what he was preaching and an encouragement in the power of who God was, brought this guy into a whole different situation. See, that's what encouragement does. Healing is encouragement, would you agree with me? Now, it's interesting that all the people around Paul didn't exactly know what to do with what just happened. And they began to, to, to name them. It would be like uh, a kid on the playground watching somebody shoot and, and drain a bunch of threes. And then they would say, dude, you're Stephen Curry. Man, you, you know how to shoot threes. You, you hit them from everywhere. And the guy who's on the court pumping in threes says, no, dude, trust me, I am no Stephen Curry. I cannot dribble two basketballs with each hand and through my legs and simultaneously and do that for hours upon hours. I'm just a, a guy who has been lucky enough to hit a couple threes on the basketball court. 
And this is what uh, he was saying. Now, when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices saying in Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And they were calling them Hermes and Zeus and, and all of these types of things. And, and uh, when the apostles had heard this, it says they tore their clothes and ran out to the multitude crying out saying, men, why are you doing these things? Now, what they're going to say to them is this, that I am a man just like you are. And here's the interesting thing about everything that the disciples of Jesus Christ did as they opened up the New Testament church is they not only created a pathway for their particular giftings, but they brought everyone along with them. See, it's just not enough for one or two people to get to experience the good things of God, it's imperative that everyone in their encounter with God gets the opportunity to do something good for God themselves. See, everyone in the sanctuary today, young and old, you are equipped by a king who can enable you to touch people right where you are, right where you live, right in your own neighborhood. You know, you won't be Zeus or Hermes or uh, any, any Greek god, but you are even better than that because you are a child of the Most High God. And sometimes when we get into our circumstances and situations, we tend to forget whose we are. Amen? And sometimes when the, the pressure comes on, we revert back to what, who we are in the flesh not realizing that this is not a flesh moment, this is a God moment. See, God is doing something new, even in the midst of these challenges that we live in. I love when people come up to me and they'll ask me, they'll say, well, pastor, how are you doing in this, this, this situation? And I always go, I play, what situation? Well, you know, how are you handling things in this pandemic? And I'll go, well, what pandemic? What are you talking about? Well, how are you getting along in these stressful times? And I'll say, stressful times? I am so lost. Can you help me out and let me know what you're talking about? Because I don't, I'm so sorry. I know it sounds like I'm silly, but I don't even know what you're talking about. What stressful times? What situation? What circumstance? Listen, when you have a God that will supply all of your needs, he is a God beyond a circumstance. Amen. Amen? When God or when the enemy raises up a, 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 an issue, God goes above that issue. Amen. And so we as believers have to walk in the idea of who we're being encouraged by so that we can be encouragement to other people. Amen. So. This is a circumstance, but God is a God above circumstance. This is a situation. I'm not saying it's not a situation, but this is man's situation. This is a challenging time. But I know this, that my God has always led my family through challenging times. And he is currently leading this church through challenging times. And you're going to find a new Thing, a new faith, a new hope, and a new encouragement as you begin to walk out what the world calls challenging is just a, a, a situation for God to be able to do something different in your life. God is able to move beyond our circumstances. 
Mm. In verse 17, it says, Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without witness. And in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven, fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And with these sayings, they could scarcely restrain the multitudes from sacrificing to them. Now, what is happening in this uh, particular thing now in verse 19? We see some real trial in Paul's life. It says, Then Jews from Antioch and Iconian came there, and having persuaded the multitudes... Isn't it interesting? How many scriptures have I read over the last three weeks that talked about a group of people who are outside this uh, family of God that are apparently are so misguided, so jealous, so unable to comprehend the scriptures for themselves. When they see God doing something incredible, they, they strike something against the body of Christ. Listen, you know, we've got groupings and groupings of churches in California who are being told that they cannot exercise uh, their, their rights to meet as believers and they are having to go into church uh, against the, the better wishes of the government, but also on the, the, the initiative of who God is in their lives. And they are, some, paying a price for it. You know, it's just not New Testament believers that have to pay a price. But I'm telling you, when you pay a price for God, the dividends of what he does for you go beyond what we can uh, uh, feel in our natural self and they become supernatural. You see, walking out in the place that God has called you to do, and I want to encourage you today, it brings God into your life in a way that you have never seen Him before. And I want to encourage you to walk in that place no matter what happens to you. I want you to be able to say, I am God's and God's alone. I don't care what comes up against me. I am choosing to serve God no matter what pandemic hits. I am going to be God's child no matter who tells me what I can and cannot do. I am going to be a child of God. And when you make that declaration, God begins to do something not only in you but through you. He begins to put you into situations that no one else can be the one that accomplishes what you will accomplish in that situation. Then the Jews came and persuaded the multitudes. And what did they do? They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Wow. They must have really let him have it. Amen. He, they must have knocked him out. They, he must have been bleeding. He must have, uh, uh, you know, had no life in him from all the stoning that they did. And so what they did after they stoned him, they were satisfied that he was dead. They supposed him to be dead. You know, the enemy supposes a lot of things to be dead in you. The enemy supposes your future to be dead because of something you did in your past. Don't believe it. That is not true. That is a lie from the enemy. Because that's who he is. He is one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy is the father of lies. And when we move beyond what, what he tries to do in us, something else happens. And in verse 20, it's called a however. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, however. When the disciples gathered around him, something else happened. He rose up and he went into the city. 
And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. Isn't that interesting that the, the Bible says that he departed with Barnabas, the, the son of encouragement. Mm. Paul, I know they just stoned you, but come on. Look at all these people who gathered around you. Now you're alive again. Paul, come on. Your message needs to continue to be preached. I know you're bloody. Let me take a cloth and, and clean you up. Paul, I know that your clothes are torn and ripped. Let us get you some new clothes because your, your purpose for the kingdom is greater than just laying in the dirt. Paul, I know this was a terrible situation, but let's quickly get you back into the game so the effect of the enemy will be nothing upon you. See, that's what encouragement is. That's what believers do. They, they find somebody the enemy has kicked around and they pick them back up and they declare to them who they are in Christ. Interesting that Barnabas is the one that he departed with. And verse 21, I have just been stoned almost to being dead. And this is what I did. And when they had preached the gospel to the city and made what? Many disciples... They returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. Wow. They, they not only began to preach, but they came to, back to the same place to where he was almost stoned to death. Has he lost his mind? Yep, he has lost his mind. And he's lost his life. And he's given his heart completely to Jesus. And only... By doing that, can you move to the ultimate place that God has called you to be? Listen, most of us, and, and this is what I think Barnabas' influence was. Because they were both trying to please and love God and be motivated by the Holy Spirit. But most of us would have told Paul, don't you ever go back to, I don't ever go back to these areas. Are you crazy that we would have been a discourager? But somewhere in the midst of all this, we're only talking two verses here. He left, began to preach again, and now they're going back to the same place that he was stoned. And guess what he did there? It says in verse 22, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying, we must, through many tribulations... Enter the kingdom of God. We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. The word exhorting there means this. It's to strongly encourage or to urge someone to do something. To strongly encourage or to urge someone to do something. Now, I don't know about you, but to hear that message from Paul knowing just what happened to him just several days ago, that's an amazing message preached by somebody who has been there, and that then can encourage you in your faith. Listen, we need to be people who do something for God so that we have a testimony that encourages others. Why is a testimony important? Because we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. See, Paul was in here doing something great for these cities because he had been touched so deeply by this experience of life coming back to him. Now he's encouraging them through his testimony of who he is. 
Listen, to be an encourager, to, to encourage other people, we've got to be willing to stand in that place to where our faith is tried in the fire so that we can have something to say and to share with other people. Would you agree? Turn with me, if you would, to uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, in begin, beginning, let's say, in verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of the trials in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me and tried me and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation. And I said, they always go astray in their hearts. And they have not known my ways. So I swore my wrath that they should not enter my rest. Verse 12 says, Beware, brethren, lest any of you, uh, be, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. And in verse 13 it says, But exhort one another how often? Why would you think that? Why do you think that we have to exhort each other daily? I mean, are we that fickle? Are we that weak? Are we that timid? Look at Eric, uh-huh, yep, uh-huh, definitely. All those things you just said were every one of them. And see, this is, this is interesting. And, and, you know, when, when the writer of the gospel is saying that, that uh, we need to exhort one another daily, we need to, that word exhort there means to encourage. We need to encourage one another daily. I can't tell you how many texts that I send out to people in a day when God puts that, that person on my heart and I just send them a text that comes back uh, uh, almost every time where somebody says, thanks, Pastor Man, I really needed to hear that. Or thanks, my friend, I really needed to hear that. Or thanks, brother, I really needed to hear that. Or thanks, Uncle D, I really needed to hear that. See, there's something that should be built inside of each of us that begins to comprehend that no matter what somebody looks like on the outside, the strength that they appear to have, they need to be encouraged daily. We need to be encouraged daily because what he's saying here is what begins to happen is, is without the daily encouragement, your heart becomes hardened. And that, that then you, you come into a place of rebellion. And then you come to a place to where you begin to turn your back on God. And then you're just like in, in neutral. You're in a holding pen. You're, you're ineffective for the things of the gospel. And see, this is something that the enemy doesn't have to do anything to make happen because we do this to ourselves. But we can also do something else to ourselves and we can bring encouragement to others. Listen, when you are an encourager, encouragement comes back to you. So it, it's just the simple principle of reaping and sowing. 
So if you want encouragement to come back to you, you then need to be an encourager to others. And without that encouragement, we begin to get hardened hearts. And then we turn into this place of, 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 of like they were in 40 years in the wilderness. How many times did they turn their back on God until we performed something else to show who he was? I mean, even in the midst of, of Moses going up to the mountainside, they were down below behind Moses' back forming golden calves of different things that they could worship and build idols to. Listen, we are, gosh, how do I want to say this? Because this sounds so faithless. But we are, oh, how do I want to say this? Because I don't want you to take this the wrong way. I don't want you to go out of here and just say, well, pastor, just call me this today. But listen, okay, how about this? We are those who need encouragement every day. We need to have that. It says, but exhort one another daily while it is called today. That's interesting because, you know, he's, he's talking about the importance of the moment. And, and doesn't, doesn't Jesus do that to the disciples? He says, don't worry about tomorrow. There's enough stuff going on right here today. And if there's enough stuff going on here today, then the encouragement that we bring is going to help people then deal with the stuff that's there tomorrow. Listen, we need to encourage each other. And I'm just telling you right now, it is not easy to do what we do. And if you think it's not easy now, buckle your seatbelts because it's only going to get more exciting. It's a, there's only going to be a greater need for us to encourage one another. Amen? But exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if uh, we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, today you will hear his voice. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. See, we need today to be encouraged. You need encouraged today to know that God is good. You need reminded today that you have a great destiny in the things of God. You need to be told that as a believer, you have other believers who are standing next to you by your side, helping you in every way, shape, or form. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 10 real quickly. Hebrews chapter 10. And I want to encourage you, just real briefly, and I'm, I'm not going to enter into this today, because one, well, just I'm not going to enter this today, because it's, it's too great a thing. Next week, I'm going to talk about you need to hang around with givers. And because when you hang around with givers, something incredible rubs off on you. You know, over the last couple of weeks when we took this offering for all of our friends, it just is the, it's like a Hallmark card. It's the offering that keeps on giving. So every day, every Monday, Pastor Rick comes into my office and he says, Pastor, you're not going to believe this, but look. You know, our offering now is up to $17,600. It's just the offering that keeps on giving. I told Rick I'm going to tell everybody on Sunday, stop. Okay, stop. 
it's all good. We, we, we've done a great thing, honestly. But that's ridiculous to tell people who are givers to stop giving because that just can't be done. But I, I want to encourage you that when you are around givers, giving rubs off on you. And when you give, you show God in a way for some people who had no other way to make it through. And we're going to be talking about some of those testimonies next week. Where people had been borrowing just to make ends meet, to, to, to put food on people's table, that this offering has helped them to pay off their debt and to put food on their table. It's an amazing thing that's coming by. You know, my phone blows up all week. Ding, 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 ding. It's just different testimonies from different people. So I don't want to, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I want you to, to get excited about uh, getting a good report on that. So let's look at Hebrews 19 or, or Hebrews 10, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a, a new and living way, which one consecrate, which which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Let us draw near with a full assurance of faith. Would you stand with me today? Let us draw near with a full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful he who promised is faithful you can take his promise to the bank if he said it you can believe it let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together as in the manner of some that it's, it's almost like I'm reading this just, just like this came out of a newspaper today do you realize how many people are still not meeting? It blows my mind. Do you realize that the enemy is completely satisfied with people not coming together? Do you realize that faith is something that you decide on for yourself, but it's only strengthened in a group? Do you realize that? That's for later down the road. That's a a precursor to some uh, messages coming up. But the truth is, is that we've got to not forsake the assemblings of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Verse 35 says, therefore, everybody say therefore, therefore. do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is uh, coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. If anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not those. Everybody tell your neighbor, that's not us, just tell him. That is not us. That is not us, right? I'm encouraging you today. That is not who you are. 
I don't care what you've been thinking lately or how much pressure you've been under or where you think this thing is taking you and how you're having trouble holding on. That is not you. You will hold on. You will not give up. You will not give back. You will stand strong because you are of those who operate in the promise. Mm. Mm. But we are not those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of soul. The word perdition means destruction. We're not going to buy into this, the destruction. We're going to keep moving forward in the promise of who we are in Christ. And we are going to encourage each other to stand strong because when all else fails, I want to be found standing for the things of God. Amen. Father, in Jesus name, I pray, God, a, a blessing of encouragement to each person who is assembled here today. Father, I pray that not only would we be encouraged, but that we would give encouragement to other people. Father, let not the enemy separate or divide us in any way. But God, let us by faith come together holding fast to the truths of your word and holding them together. Father, you say in unity, you command a blessing. So, Father, as we are unified, continue to do what you have said you will do and bless us in all of the many faceted ways that you are a blessing. And so, Father, today, I just pray that this word would be an encouragement to be an encouragement to each other. And Father, we just give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give the Lord a praise offering? He is worthy to be praised. Go in peace and give encouragement. Practice it today. Encourage somebody today. Amen? Amen. Amen.